This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergeff. Thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us uh, on the telephone, as I'm in North Dakota still, is uh, our friend uh, Sean Bolson. And, uh, boy, lots going on, of course, this week, uh, Sean. The Masters has wrapped up. Uh, the Twins' season getting underway. They're off to a nice start at 7-4. and four. And then there's the Timberwolves. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. You know, they win their last three of the regular season to put themselves in, the, in that 7-8 game, meaning they only have to win one play-in game to get the seven seed. They played great last night until the last six minutes. And then to me, Sean, it looked like everyone shriveled up. Nobody wanted to take the big shot at the end of the game, except for Mike Conley, and they just defended him so tight. Yeah, 12 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, 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 pathetic overtime. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, th- these are Carl Anthony. Cat uh, uh, was good. Yeah. He was good for three quarters last night. Uh, Anthony Edwards was not good. No. Anthony Edwards took a lot of shots. He was terrible at one point. He was one for eleven. He did get a couple of uh, layups. He got a breakaway. Uh, had chances to make big shots. Uh, even in overtime, took some big shots. Was willing to take some, but hit absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, to see that fourth quarter, I, I'll call the collapse. It got up to twelve, thirteen points. Uh, then it comes back. Then we just go. We we just go into a shell. Yeah. And. You know, it, it was frustrating because I really thought, you know, at some point uh, in the second half, like, we're going to win. I kept looking double digits, double digits, double digits, and yeah. I'm like, okay. And But you still have that feeling like this is the Timberwolves. They are the Lakers. And uh, I, I just – I, I would have liked to win. Now, do I think, you know, with Oklahoma City or New Orleans coming into Target Center, I believe it's Friday night, uh, yeah, we still have a legitimate chance to go, but I'd rather play, you know, Memphis as a 2-7 matchup, you know, would have been more favorable for me. But, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It was very, very disappointing. It was. And honestly, I thought it looked last night like nobody wanted to take the big shot. I, I mean, right. Edwards took a couple, but only because it was forced. How many times in the end of the fourth quarter did we see the ball come to Edwards and him immediately give it up and back away from where he had just passed the ball to? You could see he didn't want it. Uh, and then a couple of other times it was dribble, 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 and then can't find anything open and passes the ball uh, to a covered guy with four seconds on the shot clock and, and force another shot clock violation. It was as bad a five minutes offensively as I've seen an NBA team uh, that has any you know talent at all in, in a long time. I mean, they didn't score a point for the last five minutes and 45 seconds right. of regulation, and a lot of that was, I thought, on Edwards. Yeah, it, well, it, it was, but I, I put a, a lot on Towns in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, I did stay up and watch the post game and saw it broken down three times, three times during movement there were switches, and Towns was in the paint with somebody six foot two or smaller guarding him, and not one time did he even stop to try to get it. And and Shaq said, that's just the the, the will to want it isn't there. Yeah. And and call them out on it. Um, you know we're he's so hung up on the three pointer. Uh, so hung up on the it, when when he's in the paint and he has a little point guard for uh, 
um, the Lakers on him to turn and pivot and get it, but it's almost like it's against what he believes in to be a big man and actually take some advantage down in the paint when you have a six-footer on you. Uh, there are multiple cases where he could have done that. Ant could have driven, let people collapse, get it out. Um, you know, it really looked last night like Conley was the only guy with any any guts to try yeah. to figure it out and had been in the playoffs. And so, you know, we had talked before. We have a young team, but we have a veteran team. We want to... You know, we, we have to get in and see what we can do. But um, it was it was a, a great opportunity last night to seal the deal and to just get in the playoffs and be done. And and uh, it was a, a, a huge fourth quarter and overtime collapse. You know, they talk about uh, that NBA players make their money in the regular season, but they make their bones in the league in the postseason. And this was a mm-hmm. perfect opportunity. You know, you're kind of on Townsmore. I'm on Edwardsmore uh, for last night's loss. It was a perfect opportunity for those guys, let's put them together, to, to prove to the rest. I mean, just imagine what it would have meant to them to beat the Lakers on their floor in a game that is basically, you know, one and done almost. I know you get a second chance when you lost, but it, it felt like a one-and-done game. And then to have the lead, to play so well, and then to just spit the bit at the end of the game, I don't think that speaks very well of the future. A loss like that can can kind of attach itself uh, to players and kind of hang over them like a, a black cloud. I don't know what I expect out of them coming up on Friday, but, boy, last night was such a golden opportunity for those guys, and they just didn't want it. No, and, and the way to rebound for the team with you know the clown Gobert punching you know yeah. a guy in the in the in the huddle, and then McDaniel's getting mad and hitting a wall, and I mean it's like you can't Hollywood make up more yeah. of a complete joke of a situation yeah. a week before you're going in the playoffs. So I expected them to get routed, and yeah, uh, they didn't. They put up a and, and then what what's interesting to me is for all of you uh, that that follow the Vegas lines. The line at the tip was the Lakers minus six. And after all was said and done and the T-Wolves were up by double digits and overtime and everything, guess what it ended up at? Yeah. Six. Yeah. Just at, utterly amazing how that works. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they, they, sh- they brought up the lines during the game, and it was the third quarter, and they showed the pregame line, and then it was plus five and a half for the Lakers midway through the third quarter. And I remember thinking, well, which one of these guys is going to say, I'll take that, because you knew the Lakers were going to make a run. I think they were down by 13 or something at that point when they, when they showed that stat, uh, the, the line, the live line uh, there during the third quarter. You, you knew they were going to make a run. I just hoped that the Timberwolves would answer uh and honestly uh, you know Towns was great like you said for three quarters so then he gets the fouls and and uh you know uh, trying to give him some cover after the game was Finch what he said the officials put him on the bench with the whistle that's not what happened the fifth foul Towns has four he comes back in the game and he tackles Anthony Edwards for his fifth foul just blatantly and obviously grabs him by the shoulder and pulls him to the floor to me Anthony Davis yeah yeah, Anthony Davis that's what I meant to me it looked like Towns didn't want to be out there so he intentionally got a fifth foul. That's what it looked like to me. Well, and I just thought some of the early ones too. Yeah. Uh, they're just lazy. It's it's not putting in the full 
effort on the defensive end. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know the history on who loses the first play-in game if they rebound yeah. and win the second playoff game or if it's momentum from the other team winning their, you know, the, the New Orleans-Oklahoma City game. Although we, we've handled Oklahoma City really well yeah. recently. Yep. So, I mean, these are teams we should beat, but uh, this is uh, the Timberwolves, and so should and uh and actually do it are two different things. Yeah, that's right. So Timberwolves play again on Friday. Uh, the uh, Twins yesterday uh, get another yep. great performance from Pablo Lopez. Uh, this looks like a trade with the Twins and the Marlins. It looks like a win-win for both sides. The Twins get a guy who legitimately looks like a number one starting pitcher, and they haven't had a guy like that for a long time, but he's he's chucking it at 97 with great breaking stuff. He looks like an ace. And Louis Arise is hitting over 500 so far uh, for Miami and hit for the cycle last night, so so they got what they wanted too, but, but Lopez looked great last night. Lopez looked unbelievable. Uh, it was fun to watch. I Before we got on the air, I, I was um, watching it last night, and in the middle of the or the late eighth inning, I'm like, I see Baldelli come out, and he's <laughs> yeah. at 98 pitches, and he struck out the previous two, and they take him out. They do get out of that inning. They bring in, Dur- is it Duran? Yeah. Duran. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he gives up a homer. I, I just, I struggle. Uh, Lopez was just absolutely cruising. I don't like to left, leave him in. They're so diehard on these analytics and these pitch counts and everything. I just still think there's a human element to it where. You know, it almost cost us a game. We had to go into extra innings to win, yeah. and I believe if you leave Lopez in there, he's able to finish that thing and wants to finish it. So, yeah. but yes, what what an acquisition! Very fun to watch. I've heard multiple interviews with him. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Great. You know, seems like just a, a great. And the Twins are entertaining again, which you know that's what we ask for every year. And and uh, this is exciting when he takes the hill. It's fun. And and then when you have you know the guys behind him. I mean, we we got it. What I consider one of the best staffs I've seen in quite a while. No doubt. Uh, for the Twins in particular, it's the first time yeah. in, in a number of years that they line up five veteran starting pitchers that every day they take the hill. You go, the Twins have a chance. They're not running guys out there that, you know, there's no Devin Smeltzers taking the mound uh, right now for the Twins. If they can stay healthy with that starting rotation, I like their chances all through the regular season. Now, I always say that power wins in the playoffs, power arms and power bats. And the Twins have a lot more power arms this year than they've ever had. And, I, and I'm with you on the on the Lopez thing, pulling him in the eighth inning there. I didn't want to see that happen either. Um, I, I'm, but I would have been fine with them pulling him after the eighth inning for Duran because Duran's throwing 103 with wicked breaking stuff. And, you know, that's the spot for him. And, and you don't want to send Lopez to 110 pitches potentially uh, early in April. I'm even on board with that. I, I, but I would have liked to have seen him finish the eighth. And I agree in general. I think that Rocco pulls his starting pitches too early. I didn't struggle with it quite as much in last night's game because it was Duran that gave up the home run. And, and he's... He's a terrific lights-out closer, except in that game. But not every closer saves every game. You know, there's very few that have a perfect season, if any, during the course of the year. If they're at 90% or above on safe conversion rate, you've, you've got a pretty good one. But at least it didn't cost them the game. 
Yeah, it didn't. It didn't, but I just, you know, it's funny. I watched that Nolan Ryan Netflix deal, and I know it's a different age, but the amount of times that guy went, like, to 140 pitches. I know. And, and Al has, uh, yep. it, it's incredible. Even Bert Blylevin, you know, yes. for his So to see these guys um, and a Lopez who wants the ball have 98 pitches, uh, one guy left to get through the eighth inning and get pulled, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. And yeah. then, you know, um, to look out in center field, like you and I have talked so many times, uh, you know, paying Buxton the way he does, he's yeah. not even patrolling in center field. He's DHing, yeah. And then he already got a day off. Yeah. And, and my, my, my funny comparison is big poppy, David Ortiz, who we all, uh, you know, got rid of in Minnesota because Tom Kelly didn't like how he ran the first. I get he changed his habits and who he was, but even Ortiz, who there's nobody more out of shape than him, he didn't even need days off as a DH. Yeah. So to hear our super athletic center fielder, who is no longer a center fielder, he's just DHing until the weather gets warmer, need a day off. I I just shake my head and, and wh- what do you do? Yeah, I, I, I agree. And and then to have, you know, and now here's Correa. Uh, I, I hate to say that I was not necessarily on board with a massive contract for him because of his injury. Here he is sitting out three straight games now uh, with yep. a stiff back, and uh, it's possible that he won't play again today. Uh, we don't know. So I should say, Sean and I are talking in the morning. The Twins did have a noon game today, so we don't know what happened in that noon game today. So we're, we're of course, discussing last night's game. But, uh, but yeah, I would, I would like to see Buxton play center field now i will say they did do a nice job of going and getting uh, michael taylor uh, because he's a yeah. previous gold glove winner but he's not byron buxton in center field and and uh, to to get days off uh, and now to have correa missing games with uh, you know ailments again uh, it's it's you know the the injuries are raising their heads but uh, i didn't know that we would see a time when the twins you would say it's their pitching that's the strength of the team not the lineup yeah, that's exciting. And I didn't know we'd see a time when a DH would need a day off to rest. So, yes, you and I are getting at the same thing. Yes. Uh, it makes no sense to me. Yep. Um, but this is where we are. This is what we have in front of us. Yep. And, uh, you know, um, it, the, the pitching is better than I, than I would have uh, ever thought it was going to be. So that yep. is yep. exciting. Yep. Uh, the Wild last night, it looks like probably the three seed for them now. They would have to, yeah. you know, get a lot of help in order to move up to two. They can't get to the one seed uh, any longer. And and uh, the Jets game last night, you know, afterward they were talking a lot about how Winnipeg got chippy at the end. I did not see the game. Did you watch the game at all last night? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Winnipeg... Winnipeg was a bit chippy, but we we were ch- the chippy ones. I oh. mean, we we uh, Hartman absolutely laid out again. You know, this is all Winnipeg's the team that uh, we're playing with that uh, injury to Krill. Uh, the guy who was responsible for that was was not in the lineup last night. And then with about 13 seconds left, there was a faceoff, and Everson put out Reeves, and there was a fight with 10 seconds left in the game. It got very chippy. It got it's just two teams that really don't like each other. Yeah. Um, I do think from a standpoint of playoffs, you know, I said Dallas. Colorado was the team we wanted to avoid. We avoided them. We're gonna we're gonna end up seeing Dallas, and and that's yeah. gonna be you know a wagon of a series. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's what it'll wind up. Uh, they they do still have a chance to wind up with home ice advantage in that series, but they would need some help from Dallas. The Wild have to win, and then Dallas needs to lose both of their games in regulation. They can't get any points. Correct. So still possible, but unlikely, uh, it would seem at this point. So how do you feel about the Wild as they uh, get ready for the playoffs in that first series with Dallas? Do they have a chance against them? Oh, yeah, they always have a chance. And the, with the goaltending... Uh, we need the goaltending to be strong, which it has been. Uh, you got Kirill back, who, you know, he scored last night. How quickly that can happen. The guy's back and boom, he's on the sheet. Uh, you got Boldy, Hartman. You got people playing at a really high level. Um, you know, we're resting. Some of our guys were out again last night. I think uh, I think with Dallas, we're, uh, it's going to be a great series. It is. We all knew Colorado was coming. I mean, Colorado was out of the playoff picture two months ago. Not out of the picture, but they were out of the playoffs. If they had started a couple months ago, Yeah. Um, Colorado has, has come back and, and playing like we know that Colorado can play. And so... Um, yeah, do I think we have a good chance in Dallas? I do. Yeah. I, re- I really do. I'd love to get home ice. You know, we, we would have to win, and, and Dallas would have to lose both their games. So yep. if there's not a great chance of that. But um, either way, I think, we're, I think it's going to be entertaining. I think we're going to be all right. Well, uh, and who's going to be the goaltender in game one coming up against Dallas? Well, I, I, you know, that, that will be interesting to see. Um, if you were to pick, you know, I'd go with Gustafson mm-hmm. and, uh, because I think you're more apt to be able to bring Fleury in and not upset the apple cart because he's been there. Yeah. Um, so you give the young guy a chance, and if he can roll you two, three in a row, you stick with him. If he struggles, you bring in Fleury. I, th- that's the road I go at this point. All right. We'll see if that happens or not when the playoffs start next week. Uh, the Masters this past Sunday wrapped up. Uh, fun yeah. to watch. I was hoping for drama at the end. That didn't happen, um, unfortunately, because, you know, Kepka just didn't play very well on Sunday. He picked a bad day to, to just kind of lose his game a little bit. And and Rahm was terrific. He was just rock solid. Yeah. John Rahm is back to number one in the world, and, and that's for a reason. The guy's outstanding. He is outstanding. And to me, very easy guy to cheer for. For us golf fans, we've gone through the young John Rahm getting pissed, throwing his clubs, uh, making a scene, taking his game down when things didn't go exactly correct. Yep. And he's really, you know, he's got a couple little kids. He's matured. Uh, he's, he's a, he is a, quite a player. Uh, my guy, Brooks, yep. who no one else seems to care for as a human besides myself and my golf group but uh, I like I, I like him and he wants to win and you know what he was excellent I was a little bummed that he couldn't uh, he couldn't put a better fourth round together but you know it's not I mean he, it, it was exciting he he and Mickelson you know uh, finished right behind Rom yep. um, you know I would like to see something done I have read about it and and you know Cantley is a, a player that essentially has not a whole lot of personality, and he's crazy slow. Yeah. And some of these rounds are getting a little bit out of control, just like Major League Baseball did with the pitcher and the uh, pitch clock. I do think they need to utilize the clock a little bit more to let these guys continue to get in rhythm. But with that being said, it wouldn't have changed the outcome. I mean, Rob no. was playing on a different level than everybody. Yep. And it's one of the more fun sporting events to watch every year, and it did not disappoint again having the live guys over there. Uh, it unquestionably made the tournament 
much more exciting to watch. And so I really miss that field, and I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I, I hope they can figure something out so that we can have more tournaments again with all of the best players in the world participating. But I'm not going to hold my breath that uh, Liv and the PGA Tour can finally get together. Uh, Sean, thanks great. so much for uh, joining us again on the podcast today. Have a great day. Thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.